I asked Erin, like, what are your thoughts about the holiday? And she was like, well, what I know is Cameron Diaz does not give Adobe premiere faith. Mm. And I was like, oh, I feel that. <laughs> it feels Fair. horrible, but it's true. No, there's no way she understands like how to update uh, and the listen, Adobe. We love book editors. We love video editors. Yeah. But we're podcasters. So we yeah. recognize. Like, yeah, we have we podcast ha- face. What do you think we're, we're talking? We're, we're experts not, here. We're not live with Knox and Jamie on, <laughs> no. you know, that's obviously, that's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, Kelly Ripa's got that job for a reason and I don't. Hello and welcome to episode number 483 of the podcast. I'm your host, Knox McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the life of ADC. We're committed to educating you on the things they entertain but do not matter. To find out more about these meet cute pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the podcast. And if Twitter's still here, we're still there at Podcast Pod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be deep diving the Christmas movie classic, The Holiday. Now, like Knox just literally said, we are deep diving the holiday in this episode, which is what we do every month for our friends and best friends of the show on Patreon. Now, if you sign up to support our team, you can get access to all of our 2022 Cinema Side Pieces based on your tier level. Those Cinema Side Pieces include While You Were Sleeping, Easy A, Sweet Home Alabama, The Wedding Singer, Clue, Hocus Pocus. Our December Cinema Side Piece, it drops on December 23rd, and it's one of Knox's favorites in mm. honor of his birthday month. Plus, if you sign up, sign up by Tuesday, December 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, then you can join us live for our December holiday extra spectacular extravaganza for our monthly AUA for BFOT. Simply visit the link in the show notes or go to knoxandjamie.com slash Patreon to sign up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Jamie, it's time to talk about the holiday. Now, when we when we just got on here, you said this is the first time you'd seen this in a very, very long time. In a very long time. I just, I don't know why I haven't come back to it. I'm not a, uh, a huge Christmas movie fan. I think sure. I've been on record many times that 
Um, I'm not a, a fan of the holiday. By that, I mean the literal Christmas holiday. Yeah. You don't like the birth of baby Jesus. Got it. No, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, got you it. You know, it's complicated. But I... I don't watch a lot of holiday movies except for the family stone, which is, you know, that's part of my tradition, but I just, uh, I, I just never had revisited this. I watched it in the theater when it came out and then I might've seen it once, you know, shortly after, but yeah. not since. Can I just go ahead and like start this off and like throw a grenade in a room and then like duck Please. down and say clear. This Please. is not a holiday movie. This is not a Christmas movie. This is just two people who took vacations <laughs> and hijinks ensued. And it happened to be around Christmas. Otherwise, the, the extent of Christmas is fettuccine. Christmas fettuccine. Okay. That okay. is not making so Christmas me, Okay. So let's ask for clarity. Do you, what is the requirement to make Christmas a movie an actual- Christmas has to be a actual, character in the movie. The Christmas end. has to be a character. So Elf yeah. is a Christmas movie. 100%. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. No, it's not. And okay. I want it to be, but it just doesn't meet the qualification. And this about, definitely makes it not meet the What about While You Were Sleeping? We just did that cinema side piece. And you no, never it's seen, not a character. It's not, it's not a character. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel okay. really strongly about that. But I'm glad you got to rewatch this. Weirdly, I feel like you've always seen movies more frequently. Like whenever we do our cinema side pieces, we'll do whatever movie we've done, you know, for, for a beef like you laid out at the beginning of the episode. And it's been like 50 years since I've seen the movie. Right, and You've right. seen it like it, two weeks true. ago. This is the rare one where I watched this last Christmas. No way. And so I, it was fresh. I was ready. So I liked the rewatch. So, uh, w- you know, obviously we'll talk about specifics and our takes on it. But why don't you lay the baseline of like who all is involved in like what's going on with the movie? Okay, so this rom-com came out in 2006. It was written, produced, and directed by iconic production designer herself, Nancy Myers. It stars Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz as Iris and Amanda, two lovelorn women from opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean who arrange a home exchange to escape heartbreak during the holiday season. Jude Law and Jack Black were cast as the film's leading men. Would you like to guess the critic score versus the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, I will give you a hint. It's a 30-point difference. Okay, so I'm assuming the audience liked it more than the critics. That is correct. Yes. Oh, dang, man. I'm going to go I'm going to go 41-71. It's 50-80. Wow. Okay. And okay. so this was the critics' consensus. They said, "While it's certainly sweet and even somewhat touching, the holiday is so thoroughly predictable that audiences may end up opting for an early checkout time." Did you see mm. what Rotten Tomatoes did there? They played into <sighs> You know, the thing. Okay, so the budget for this movie was $85 million. I would argue, now it, it filmed both in England and in LA. Mm-hmm. So I assume that probably part of that budget really was getting these people to be involved in this project. Yeah. Because this is all for them, the height of their power, for the most part. Yeah, well, I wanted to, uh, do you want to talk well, about that for a second? Because I was yeah, curious about, about where, like, where are we all at in the spectrum of uh, Kate Winslet, Karen Diaz, Jude Law? Uh, who is rising, who's falling, who is kind of about the same level. Would you say this is Cameron Diaz's, like, the height of her powers? I would say maybe this is the downward, like, she's about to disappear. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that fair? That would be what I would guess. I would bet it's Jack Black's coming up. Oh, that Jack Black's a whole thing unto himself. I don't I know. even know well, we how to, to quantify him. But later, it yeah. does, Cameron Diaz feels like the weird star who, with something about Mary, She's like full approval. Everyone loves her. And then it's just slowly a little bit downhill, a little bit downhill. And I think this probably reflects that. Still a star, but not quite That's where true. we wanted her to be. Well, this movie made $205 million. So it was a bona fide mathematical success. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it did. <laughs> this was the most interesting. So it opened number three at the box office. Now, it opened in Christmas. Now, despite it, it has a Christmas background, right? So it opens at Christmas. Do you? <laughs> it opens against... Blood Diamond. 
Okay. Wow. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, which was like, should we come out of Christmas? That seems right. And then Apocalypto. Do you even know what Apocalypto is? Dog, I'm glad you asked. I loved Apocalypto. That's a Mel Gibson joint. And that is a sick movie about the Aztecs and like a head gets cut off and it rolls down like the the ancient ruins and everything. That's a secretly. That's a good movie. That's a really good movie. Okay. Well, it opened number one and then it was Happy Feet, which makes sense in the space. And then Casino Royale, which is my favorite James Bond film of all time. And so uh, what an interesting movie theater going experience it was 16 years ago. Yeah, right. So interesting. But the holiday stayed in the top 10 for four weeks. It did win any um, prestigious awards, um, but it did win a Teen Choice Award for Best Chick Flick. Okay. A term we were using in 2006. Sure. And, uh, and unfortunately, Cameron Diaz, uh, she was nominated for Choice Hissy Fit. Right. But she, of course, lost to Ryan Seacrest in Knocked Up. Now, is the hissy fit in question when she finds out that her longtime boyfriend has been cheating on her with a th- uh, receptionist? Because uh, I wouldn't call that a hissy fit. I would I call that rational anger. <laughs> like you're reacting normally in a normal situation yeah. when someone has been cheating on you. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it's um, I think when you're thinking about this movie, um, it's like the billboard is Cameron Diaz. But I think the heart of it is probably uh, Kate Winslet. Do, 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 would you agree with that? Oh, 100 percent. Yes. Yes. And I think with her, my theory on Kate Winslet is she feels she's like the actress version of the Dallas Cowboys. Which, if you know anything that about football, hurtful. that feels no, hurtful. No, it's not. Okay. It's the Dallas Cowboys are always great, right? I'm sorry, they're not always great. The perception is they're great. They're America's oh, team. Yeah. When you see them, you get excited because it's the Cowboys. I'm glad they're playing on Thanksgiving. They're a brand. But then when you look at like where they've been since the early '90s, you're like, well, what have they actually done? Not really much, actually. And that's kind of Kate Winslet. She's got Titanic, and then after that, like, I mean, you, you're going to give me like little children. You're going to give me oh, the reader, Revolutionary War- Road, Mildred Pierce. She has an iconic IMDb. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a solid IMDb. It yeah. is a, it is a critics deep cut IMDb. It is not a. Uh, I, I think we put a lot of expectation on her IMDb, and then when you actually go and look at it, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's not quite there. That's not quite there. And I think now with Mayor of uh, Easttown. You know, Cowboys are also good. Mirror V-Sound, we're remembering, oh, she's actually secretly great. And I think in this kind of movie, she's secretly really great in a movie that isn't really made for uh, deep, um, thoughtful characters. No, for sure, for sure. And just a behind the scenes for the audience, you do know that Knox mentioned that the Cowboys are playing on Thanksgiving. Now, of course, that already happened weeks sure. ago. And yeah. so uh, that's a tradition. Knox, so that's eternal. So oh, that's they, actually they outside always of time. play on Thanksgiving. They're oh, always, okay. yeah. Cowboys and Lions, always, always on okay, Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, okay. I was respecting time. You were disrespecting me in that moment. And time no, I was, trying was to like jokes on you, Jamie. I thought they'd be like, what is he talking about? Time was like Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. And it was reaching to the bookcase. And it was like, shame on you. Shame on you, God, Jamie. freaking love that movie. I'm going to watch that movie this holiday season. <laughs> Should we send the movie. that soon? Because oh, my I'm, gosh. <laughs> I would love it. Are you kidding? Uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I think um, – the uh, when I when I rewatched, it, I thought I don't remember what the reception was on this. I, obviously, the critics and the Rotten Tomato score that tells me something. But I felt like it was largely pretty well received. It felt like yeah. something between Love Actually and uh, Family Stone. You know, just with lower stakes. Probably is that was that your sense of like before you revisit it? Were you like I'm going to be in t- for a generally pleasing experience? Yes, I did. I, and listen, I can rely on Nancy Myers. She's going to give me what I want. She's going to yes. give me. She's going to serve good uh, costuming. 
Uh-huh. She's going to serve fantastic production design and it's going to be well lit. It's yep. going to be well, it's going to be, it's truly going to be uh, well orchestrated. Like I'm going to enjoy the vibe. It's going to have a vibe. And so I know I'm going to come in and be happy and that I also know I'm going to get a happy ending. Like, yeah. and I'm not going to have to wonder like, this is good. Cause Aaron recently was like, you guys, Severance, Severance is so dark and it's yeah. so hard and i'm yeah. still recovering from it and i get that that's not everybody's vibe and it's the holidays and so like yeah this is a good holiday vibe it is did aaron finish severance no i think she no I she's don't just holding she she's it. holding just waiting yeah, to recover i get that yeah. and when you say nancy myers i think it's, I'm, I'm glad you uh spotlight her because it, this isn't just like uh just a generic filmmaker uh this is uh, she wrote father of the bride father of the bride too she wrote the parent trap she wrote something's gotta give just a big deal. Yeah. Uh, she obviously did the holiday and not just wrote this, but like, like you said, she was making all the decisions on this. So this is, um, Nancy Myers is a singular voice and I don't know that she's one that is really talked about that much. And I don't, you know, uh, it's hard sometimes to see between the lines on IMDb because you'll see someone who works every three years. Was that their choice or were they, did they have things in development and in turnaround and it didn't get made? I don't know that. Um, but this is a very talented, very skillful person who, um, writes in a genre of, it feels like uh, it's it's romantic comedies, but with way more substance. You know, it's yes, like an evolutionary sure. form of it. Well, and when you were listening, Nancy Myers movies, you left off my two favorite Nancy okay. Myers movies, which are not always what people think of, and that is Private Benjamin, right? Such a chaotic, which is such a chaotic movie, and I love it so much. And Baby Boom. Listen, do not sleep on Baby Boom. I love Baby Boom. Diane Keaton oh. making baby food with hot Sam guy. You know what? You sold me. I didn't know what it was about, but you said Diane Keaton made baby food. I'm in. I'm, I'm going to watch that tonight. I'm going to stream listen, it. I'm, eventually, if we keep making this show forever, it will eventually be my November like dealer's choice. Because baby boom, the fact that she's just given a baby. Yeah. And then she's like, you got to raise it. And she's like, I'm a businesswoman. What do I do? And she's like, I got to make baby food in Vermont. This is what I got to do. That so. Some of the Nancy Myers decision making tracks there because let's do a home exchange. I'm not going to see pictures of your house. I'm just going to trust it's in LA and it's big. That yeah, I don't want to watch you look at the pictures. I just want to cut to it. But, you know, uh, before we get into specifics, I think after rewatching this, I think the thesis I arrived at for this movie, because again, whenever we evaluate, we're always trying to figure out what are you wanting to do? And then at the end, we evaluate, did you actually do the thing you said you were going to try to do? And I think now having seen it, I think the thesis is that this is a movie uh, that wants to use the uh, language of movies to talk about love. And it wants to talk about traditional love, passionate love that we're uh, very used to in in uh, in the movies. And we see that with Cameron Diaz and, and Jude Law's pairing, but also love for family. We see that with Jude Law and his daughters and Arthur and his wife and the love he has for her. Oh, yeah. we, and we see uh, love for the arts with movies, music, books, screenplays, journalism, movie trailers, all of that represented here. And I think probably most of all, Maybe the secret sauce and the secret heart of this movie is love for a fellow person in the form of Kate Winslet and uh, Arthur uh, and Jack Black all formed together to honor this guy and respect this guy. So I think it can get kind of broadsided as like this is just kind of like a weird Christmas romantic comedy. But it's not actually that. It's got so much more heart, I think, than the traditional. No, I do agree with that for sure. For sure. Now, um, let's talk about who won the movie. Well, you've mentioned her already. I, I do actually think Kate Winslet won the movie for the very reason you said. She really is the heart of this film. But for me, you know, she's exactly one month older than me. Wow. And okay. so I feel very connected to Kate Winslet. I think that's very common for people. You know, you're just it's like Drew Barrymore. Like I grew up with Drew Barrymore from sure. E.T. on. But Kate Winslet, like, I mean, she imprinted on me, of course, with Titanic. And actually, she imprinted on me because of Sense and Sensibility. Mm. But 
she is really the actress of Gen Like, she's the Gen X. I would argue she is Gen X actress of a generation. Yeah, I agree. More so that. than Nicole Kidman. More so than, for sure, like, Julia Roberts. I think she's the one that who, who because of, like, what you mentioned, she has this weird IMDb, right? Uh-huh. Like, she's like, I'm going to do a rom-com. And now I'm going to be a really depressed person and little children. And it's going to be so sad and depressing. But I think that's because, like, when I look at her IMDb, like, there are so many things in here. Like, she, of course, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. Finding Neverland, I always think, is a secretly really great film. And her performance is it. I mean, it's super sad. But, and the, you know, and the good doctor's in it um, when he's a baby. And, uh, but, like, I love her in Contagion. Like, I can just watch yeah. Contagion over and over again. I love her in Divergent. I love her role. Steve Jobs. I loved her in that film. So, yeah. to me, what she brings to a maybe a smaller ensemble, I always think is, re- and especially when she's an ensemble with what I would argue are actors who are not as good, we'll get to it, yeah. but she really shines in that moment and carries the weight of the storytelling. And so, I mean, there is a reason that she uh, has uh, seven Oscar nominations. There's yes. a reason for that. And yes. I think you see that she's only missing the T and her EGOT. So I okay. want that for her. I hope she you gets know? that. You know, and I think it. to to your point, I think she, in a lot of ways, part of me wonders, you know, I like to break every actor or actress into, do they want more fans or do they want more stage, right? Ah. And I think she is, Cameron Diaz wants more fans, it seems like. I think uh-huh. Kate Winslet wants more stage. And I think part of the arithmetic of what roles she chooses, like a, like a Steve Jobs or a Divergent, those are smaller roles. Like, why is she choosing those specific ones? A, I think it's about, Supply and demand, what's available to her, I don't know. But I also think she always makes the choice of what's the most interesting material, not necessarily what is commercially going to be the most viable or what choice can I make that sets up that I can do this and this or what franchise can I get into? And in that way, there aren't a ton of, um, I don't know, female auteur actresses. I, I think there would be if there was more opportunity for them. Sure. But because of how great she is, I think she is allowed to transcend that in the small, tiny way that Hollywood will allow her to. But I do think every single role she's in, it might not be the more commercially viable. It might not be the most popular movie, but she's absolutely throwing straight smoke in this role. And I think it, it, in a movie like this, it's a little weird because you got Jack Black zibbity dappa doing. got <laughs> She's dropping this monologue that you're like, oh my gosh, can we give her an award just for doing that in this moment? It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I had uh, runners up. I had first class on Amanda's plane. God, talk about the difference in that plane experience, y'all. It's like, is that her own plane? What's going on there? (laughs) She had six hardbacks on her tray table. Come on. With room to spare. Ridiculous. I liked her daydreaming in trailers. I thought that was a really interesting story. Oh, it's texture, a very creative way. Really yeah. well done. But I want to give it to I'm going to give it to Jude Law because I really liked his performance. He is someone who I think naturally makes you not want to like him. Uh, and even in the script, because I went back and and stunningly, the script is mostly verbatim. There's a couple things oh, they cut, really? and a couple things they change, but for the most part, all the great lines they're all there in the script. So okay. Nancy Myers, and, and you know that makes sense. It's not like editor Nancy Myers is going to work on writer Nancy Myers' script or whatever. Right. But right. Uh, Jude Law, he's just, his character is described as some exotic and pleasing concoction of helplessness, but also cockiness. And I was like, man, what a perfect distillation of Jude Law in life, but also this movie. And I think he brings he brings something real and tangible to a character that I think needs that because I think our tendency with Cameron Diaz is to, I don't know. I think we want to more rely on or defer to her comedic impulses. So to have someone so, so completely 
there and solid and understandable like what he is. He's like yeah. a hot British uh, widower who's a book editor. I-, I thought he brought a really interesting humanity in a relationship that I think they had to nail that role or this would uh, – because the Cameron Diaz-Dude Law relationship is such a big part of this movie, it would have fl- uh, flown off the, the screen and not been that terrible no, for us. And you're exactly right. He feels so warm and mm-hmm. steady. And the the and I had to go back and look at the calendar because you know unfortunately for me when I think of Jude Law and I've loved him in many roles true story but I often think ah oh, he had so many affairs on the people he was in a loving relationship with sure and I went back and looked and he was married he had an affair with Sienna Miller when they were filming okay and then he was with Sienna Miller right. and then he had an affair don't tell me he cheated on her too don't do it he cheated on her with what? his with the nanny with Jude. the nanny. And they ended their relationship right the month before this movie came out. So all of that had gone public. And so he was – so I bet Nancy Myers was like, I swear to God, (laughs) why would you do this to me? Like, you're supposed to be really lovable. And now all the tabloids are like, he cheated with the nanny after cheating on his first wife with Sienna. You know, it was tough. Sure, sure. But, you know, when in terms of thinking high to his powers, I think Jude Law is an example of maybe he's slightly on the downslope. A little bit because I think I would put him at, you know, I think Dumbledore's Dumbledore, but I think those movies flopped so prodigiously that I don't think you can quite say that it's an achievement. I I tend to, I'm a big fan of Cold Mountain, Road to Perdition. I think the 2001-2002, like Artificial Intelligence. The Talented Mr. Ripley. That's the one I think brings it home. I think that's his greatest role. I think that's where he's uh, – that movie captures who he is and what he can bring to the table as an actor. Um, but I think they're leveraging all that for this role. Does that make sense? Yes. No, for sure. Uh, who lost the movie for you? Oh, it is Cameron Diaz. Oh, really? Interesting. Listen, but let me tell you why. It's not even her. Like I – there are many things that Cameron Diaz has been in that I really liked her in. But it's the fight at the beginning Okay. Um, with delicious – like. Why Why did he not have a bigger career? Edward what, Burns, it's a great Edward question. Burns, it's a great question. Because he brings, he's got that same thing you just talked about with July. He's got that thing of yes. like, am I supposed to like him? Am I, do I not like him? God, just love him so much. But that fight, it was like, is this her first time to act? Like she does not come back. And I get it. She can't cry. That's a plot point. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> but I kept thinking she's not angry. She None of this feels real or grounded in anything. It doesn't come from. And maybe maybe Cameron Diaz at this point had never had her heart broken and had been, you know, like she's with Justin Timberlake for six years. Like maybe sure. like this was she was like, what is heartbreak? I don't even know about that. Do you know how hot I am? Have you seen how hot I am? Why would I be sad? But uh, to me, it felt like almost like the comedy was dialed up like 10% back where it needed to be. Like she was like, I'm going to be so physical. You don't even know what to do with me. And sometimes it hit like in the supermarket, loved that version of her. Mm -hmm. But everywhere else, it felt like too much. And her angry voice is that of a uh, fairy. (laughs) <laughs> and I just couldn't buy it. I just couldn't. I, I lost it in that moment. I lost that in that moment. Okay. Cause I think, you know, it, it stunned me when I read, you might cover this in trivia, but that this was written for her. Yes. The part yes, I, yes. I just, I thought this was a consolation and surely the person this was actually written for just couldn't do it. But I, I, this is tough for me because I just don't really enjoy Cameron Diaz. Right. So I have a natural um, reticence to everything she does. So I couldn't tell if it was, that getting in the way of it, or she's genuinely not good enough in this role. On the one hand, I think if this is played too serious, it sets the movie off on a course that it's always trying to catch up to, and it doesn't want to be that serious. True, true. But on the other hand, 
it's weird. It, it's really weird because <laughs> because she's just not very. She's not a good actress. So to have a beginning scene where she's t- supposed to emote without emoting, that's a tough ask. It, that's a really it is tough a tough ask. ask. And I feel like the moment you really like, if you've been thinking it while you've been watching it, and you want it confirmed, it's when she's on the phone with Kate Winslet. Yeah. And they probably didn't even do that at the same time. That was filmed sure. separately. But what Kate Winslet is doing on her end of the phone is wildly different than what Cameron Diaz is on her on her yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And I, I man, I wonder if they should have just played that straight and her character being like a hard A word and that's what it is instead oh, of yeah. I want to be emotional but I can't be emotional. It's just it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I, you know, weirdly the as so my runners up a lost movie where office Christmas parties just ugh God. Again, we don't have no. to do that. We no. don't have to do we that. Don't. We, don't. we literally don't do that at we don't. the PMG. You know what people want? They don't want time with you. They just want money. That's no, what they cash, want for Christmas. Cash. So give yes, them cash. Thank you. Uh, I would, uh, I want to say me because Uh-oh. every single movie I saw them cutting a trailer for, I'd be like, that movie looks sick. I would watch that movie. That looks amazing. Even the James Franco one. Even, I mean, you know, this was before we knew some stuff. And I'm just saying <laughs> the, the format of the movie, even when uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, all of like the, the Sarah Marshall uh, yes. crime CSI, I would watch those. I just, yeah. I love trailers. Um, <laughs> uh, John Krasinski and uh, Catherine Hahn, just being in this movie to get monologued to, and that's it. The end. <laughs> It's They're really, out of here. I always love it when you watch a film and you're like, I'm sorry, are you Jim from The Office? This yeah. is like you're, and look how tiny you are and like how bad your hair still is. And yeah. And you had so two lines cute. and they weren't even really good. It's like no. Amy Adams and Talladega Nights. We're like, wait, yes. what? What's happening what? here? Right. But I will say the, the biggest loser of the movie for me is Jack Black. It's Jack Black. Okay. Okay. Let's, because I want to like him. Listen, and I've always said this doesn't feel realistic. Although I will say in this rewatch, uh-huh. I did get how a truly broken woman uh-huh. would find everything he did endearing. Yes, yes. yes. And let me yes and that even further. Okay, okay. I think in the era of Pete Davidson, now suddenly uh, this relationship makes more sense. I understand oh, that's this. that's right. No, way. that's, yeah, no, you're right. Where I didn't have that context. So it always kind of stuck out to me. But for me... I love Jack Black and I really enjoy him, but I think when you're using him appropriately, he is funny and he's charismatic and he is school of rock. He is someone who is a singular personality. He has something unto himself. And when you get Jack Black in a role, you're not getting someone like quietly bantering emotionally with their scene partner or listening or reacting. It's a performance of one. It's a one of one. And everyone's meant to be an audience for him. And I think like Jumanji, I think like that's a great example of a Jack Black role. I think I saw that Nancy Myers cast him because she saw him in School of Rock. Yes, that's right. It's a great movie and he's great in it. But when you put him in a scene with a scene partner like Kate Winslet, it's not the same deal as like a couple 10 year olds who are too intimidated to be on screen with Jack Black. You know what I mean? So I felt like every every scene with him, it didn't feel like there could be chemistry because there's no possibility of chemistry because he is just off and going and you relegate Kate Winslet into just laughing and saying that's crazy and that's not what you want to do for an actress <laughs> of her generation you know? well in the comedy the extra bonus fun fact about that is Nancy Myers did write it for him after seeing him in School of Rock he turned her down because he was like I can't be in a rom-com like he yeah. was self-aware enough to go I can't be in a rom-com and she's like you'll be opposite Kate Winslet and he was like well that's a chance in a lifetime why would I not take that and, and I, I don't get blame why, him yeah. I don't blame him at all but you're right it made her when she's holding that Starbucks and she's like oh my gosh 
And I was like, ugh, gross. That's not like, what you want her. It'd be like putting Tracy Morgan in this role. And like, what do you expect anyone to do besides listen to Tracy Morgan cook? That's it's right. That's right. Uh, low key MVP for you. Well, I have two. The first is, of course, Jude Law in glasses. Guys, mm. front, bottom, shivers across Closer. the board. He's closing What out. is that? Like, holy cow. But then the second one, I've mentioned already her production design. Look, that California, the interior of that house is so stunning. Now, do I un- like? Do I understand why her boyfriend is sleeping on the couch? There's not the guest room. It's got to be a like, guest room, right? That's in my biggest reaches. But is, yes, come on. There's a guest crazy. room. But I read that the interior set was built. That whole, it was not a house that was real. It was, the the exterior was, but the interior was built on a soundstage and it cost $1 million to build. Dang, bro. And guys, it didn't have plumbing or heating or electricity. (laughs) Like, that's so crazy. So that house, now you see why that house is so nice. And then the house in uh, Surrey, Rose Cottage, does not exist. They built it in two weeks in a field and then tore it down. That makes sense. It looks yeah. like it. Looks like they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have Loki MVPs. I have Happy Christmas. I just love Happy Christmas. I think that's the best way to say it. Uh, it I wish Americans could adapt it. that. It's oh, so yeah. much fun. People giving first edition books as gifts. I love that so much. Heck Ever yeah. since the uh, the Jennifer Lopez movie where her next door neighbor teenage. <laughs> the boy next door. Yeah. He gives her first edition Iliad, which what? What? <laughs> How did a 17-year-old get a first edition? How did he compile an oral history of an ancient... I don't know. It's incredible, though. I love seeing it. Um, I like Rufus Sewell as Jasper because he looks like if Joaquin's Phoenix older brother was like more committed to sexiness, you know? And I think even in the script, he's uh, described as not conventionally good looking, but he has a confident and sly sexuality, which draws women to him. He's clearly the biggest star in the room, the paper's most important and recognized writer. And I feel like that tracks. I feel like she did a good job. No, it does. And fun fact, Kate Winslet and Rufus Sewell uh, dated for a few (laughs) years in the 90s. See, look, she's so method that she's like, this will probably come into uh, play for me down the road. Um, I want to give it to the gardener. In uh, the scene where Ed Burns is about to reveal that he cheated. Oh, like he looks a, at the, you mean the person of color? Yeah, one of like three, <laughs> uh, always in a subservient role, by the way, uh, which we'll get to. But when the gardener, when Ed Burns looks at the gardener and he's trying it's to figure out, should moment. he, <laughs> and the gardener shakes him. Like he's like, because uh, she's like, tell me, just tell me if you slept with her, yeah. just tell me. And he's like, and the gardener is like, don't do it, man. Quick <laughs> shake of the head. While he's still watering the bushes, it's he so deserves good. an Oscar. That he was does. so good. He does. Uh, I like Jude Law as being like the luxury br- brand. Uh, Jasper Bloom. I thought that was really highlighted uh, in the casting. But I think for me, the low MVPs are Sophie and uh, Olivia. The girls, the they- daughters, man, like the points per minute that they have of just abject cuteness, of just like pulling on those heartstrings. And I think even more seriously, they really do tether the story to something real. Whereas for everyone else in the story, we don't really know much about them. We don't have any backstory. We, I mean, we have some backstory, but we don't have like actual physical reminders of daughters or extended families. Cameron Diaz gives us some good stories about like her family, like the three Musketeers line, which is really great. But the girls function as a, just super cute girls um, who are great on camera, but also the reminder that there's like a, there's a humanity to this story that I really enjoyed. No. And they really, like they look like normal kids yeah. that he would have had. And they just are really they're stunning. Like it's they're great so good interplay, at acting. great father-daughter interplay, maximum yeah. cuteness, love the tent, the Mr. Napkin head, all that stuff was played just pitch perfect. I really liked um that. That was uh in a scene where a lot is told about 
your family and your backstory. This was shown, and I think it was maximum effect to that. No, it was good. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture-themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down, big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago. Making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash popcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash popcastpod. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Olive and June. As a longtime user of Olive and June and as the chairman and co-founder of the We Don't Wear Open Toad Shoes If Our Feet Are Not Presentable Club, I don't think we talk enough about their petty system. Listen to me. Now, the weather is getting warmer. I know you're going to be tempted to go out without just like even acknowledging your winter feet. Maybe need to just have a little buff. You know what I mean? And I'm going to need you to stop right now and order a petty system immediately. Like their mani system, Olive and Jean's petty system comes with everything you need to get those feet ready and presentable without the hassle of going to a salon, including the Posey, which is this brilliant footstool that opens up and you can use it to store everything in. It also comes with a smoothing foot file and hydrating foot serum, which are both mandatory if you ever plan to be around me with your toes on display. I just love how generous they are. And they just sent us the quick dry spring collection and the Kalazog. Gina, they truly have the best shades, whether you like bright colors, pastels, or neutrals. The Kitten Quick Dry is my go-to neutral shade, but if I'm in the mood for something fun, I've been reaching for Flamingo, which is this bright coral pink shade that is just perfect for spring. Just like their regular polishes, the Quick Dry are super long-lasting, and the best part is they dry in just about a minute. I'm as obsessed with the Quick Dry for doing my pedicures as I am with the tab press-ons for my manis because they are so quick and easy and give the best results every single time. Visit oliveandjean.com slash podcast for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash P-O-P-C-A-S-T for 20% off your first system. 
So the weather's getting warmer, and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality, and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop best scene for you in this movie well of course it's a when uh jude law puts his glasses on and yeah. then b it i actually do love the montage of iris traveling to la i like yes. both the getting on the plane thinking a hot guy's gonna sit next to you no yeah. it's two f- girlfriends heading to america <laughs> back to america then in the cab like because i've literally rolled down the window and hung out my head the first time I went to LA because I was yeah. like, palm trees are real. <laughs> like the and Fresh Prince dog. I'm here. <laughs> and I actually weirdly loved her freaking out over that house. Because yeah. I've also gone to a house when I've been like, like an Airbnb that you've been at where you just like it was so much better than you thought from the pictures. And you're like, oh my God, I'm st- this house has two fridges. <laughs> what? It's like chaos. A butler's kitchen? What? I don't even <laughs> I, know what that is. I know. The, the fact that Kate Winslet sells an excitement about yeah. the office like the office of the house. Yeah. I was like, I believe you, Kate. It does look awesome. And like for real though, her selling that in contrast to when Cameron Diaz got excited, it's just tough because Kate Winslet, you're not taken out of the moment. You're just like, yeah, she's super excited. But with Cameron Diaz, you're like, Hmm, I just, this isn't real to me. I don't like this. You know, yeah, I don't believe this for no, me. No, hundred percent. Um, I had the, I really like the call waiting debacle where Kate Winslet Good. keeps trying to, uh, berate her brother for sleeping with Cameron Diaz uh, and she keeps going back to Cameron Diaz that's actually not in the script that was imp- not improvised but that was uh, changed uh, during oh, shooting so I thought that was that's a good. that was a good correction but I also liked uh, Cameron Diaz in the tent with the kids it's a really sweet moment I like the three musketeers call back and they called back to it without like doing a um, spotlight and a magnifying glass and like a whole 30 for 30 on remember when we said this in the theater or like a flashback it was just nice and casual and subtle i really enjoyed that um i'm asked a question does it pass the bechdel test didn't feel like it did oh guys here we go okay, here's the thing it does it doesn't okay so the bechdel test as a reminder this is a test created by allison bechdel looking at the way that women are represented on film the first question is it has to have at least two named women in it there are 16 Great. named characters eight of them are women so okay, how we're beautiful. doing it number two 
do any of those two named women talk to each other? Actually, we have several conversations of named female characters talking to each other. Iris and her coworker at the party, Bristol and Amanda, where literally Catherine Hahn says to Amanda, Ben needs you. That was the line. Not great. Iris and Amanda talk about the house. But of course, how does Cameron Diaz ruin it? She asks the question, are there men there? Yeah. Right? Iris and the unnamed store clerk talk. Amanda talks to Olivia and Sophie. But Judah's always there. I feel like the spirit of it, it's supposed to be two adult women. Sure. Um, and then Iris and Amanda on the phone are talking. Again, they're talking about sleeping with their brother. So the only one that even comes close is the store clerk. But unfortunately, everyone, she is unnamed. She does not have a name. Oh, no. So for those reasons, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Nancy Myers, come on. (laughs) You're Nancy Myers. It's okay. She doesn't have to bear the weight of passing the Bechdel test just because she's Nancy Myers. I get that. That's true. Uh, Does it pass the Latif test? Okay. This is a big no (laughs) but. Guys, okay, so this test was created by Layla and Nadia Latif to look at the representation of people of color in film. And so the first question is Are there two named characters of color? That's all we have to do because there are not. There are 16 named characters. One of them is a person of color. It is Maggie, uh, Miles's girlfriend, the actor's oh, yeah. girlfriend. That's right. She, she is, and Sasha. Uh, that's right. So she, she she's Filipino. And but that's it. So she does not have a conversation. With any other names, person of color. Yeah, she is really not given much to do except be annoyed that Jack Black is pulling something out of Kate Winslet's eye, which again, if oh, <laughs> I must say that lost the movie uh, here. If I get some in my eye and you, a stranger, comes to get it, it out of my eye, uh-uh, I, no. I, I'm sorry, I don't no, care if it's the same thing as Hurricane Hugo. You're not going to touch my eye, bro. Um, <laughs> but great. also, she exists to be annoyed and then to be a uh, betrayer. So <laughs> tough look for uh, her in this movie. Yeah, no, not good. You know, let me throw this at you because in the script, this was a really interesting nugget I found. Okay. The only kind of challenge to this is in the cutting room when they're doing the trailer. It's actually described what they're cutting is a black buddy cop movie. So it's kind of like Bad Boys, like a Martin Martin Lawrence Will Smith. But uh, obviously it's James Franco and Lindsay Lohan uh, in the actual movie. Don't know why they did that. Don't know why they needed to do that. But interesting. That's interesting. It's almost like Nancy Myers was, well, I tried to have... Uh, black people in it, but yeah. I don't know why I make her Annabella. I, yeah, uh, I, I loved her on Designing Women. She was really great. <laughs> uh, does it pass the titular line test? No, it's not. It, it, it was oh, so close. Were you sad? I was sad, but it, it, this one, it wouldn't have felt, you know, like, uh, what was the movie? The fish sex movie, like if that passes the Bechdel test, water. that passes the you know if if right before they do like the sex, if someone's like this feels like the shape of water, I'm like bam, that's a passing the, the titular line test. <laughs> that's true. But the holiday. That, I mean, come on. That's a casual It's too vague. Yeah, it's Yeah, the the stakes are very low, so it doesn't bother me. Uh, Does someone save the cat? Um, No, it's actually in reverse. So I think probably we'll nuance this um, section with each movie. And it's like, does someone save the cat or does someone kill the cat? And I think in this case, someone kills the cat because it's everyone's significant other um, is just the worst or dead, right? So we have Arthur's wife, dead. Graham's wife, dead. Jasper is hot, wet trash. Maggie's a cheater. Ethan is a receptionist fornicator. Like all of those things are not actively characterizing the main characters, but it's passively shading them in a way that we want to identify with them because they are shaped by this tragedy or this betrayal. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, let me do. Can I do an impromptu one? This is yeah. And this is only you know so few times in Hollywood we get a uh, an actor or an actress who or even a, you know like a filmmaker um, who has a signature thing. So like Chris Nolan, whenever we'll do one of his movies, we'll do. Did this movie have a lens flare? Right? Or Tom oh, Cruise? Yeah. Did he sprint in this movie? Well, Cameron Diaz also has one. And it's the Cameron Diaz dance test. She dances in every single one of her movies. She does dance a lot. Did she dance in this movie? Yes, I, I counted twice that she dances. Just solo oh, dances. Yes. Just boom. Yeah, actually three now that I'm thinking of the end of the movie. So three solo dances. Oh, that's right. Um, is there Chekhov's anything? Yes, we have Chekhov's Cameron Diaz Can't Cry. We have Chekhov's <laughs> Santa Ana's Where Anything Can Happen. And then Chekhov's Three Musketeers reference. So very good Chekhov's. God, there are a there. lot of Chekhov's in this. And then uh, part of me wants to add, is there a training montage? Because there is a training montage in this movie. And I loved it. It's because of Arthur, right? It is Arthur. I don't. I feel like in a montage you need at least three. And this felt like a hard two. So I don't know if it counts. But it's him learning not to, to, to use his walker. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. Maybe. Did she have more sexual chemistry with Arthur than she did with Jack Black? <sighs> did Jack Black have more sexual chemistry with that guy he wants to play Pinochle with? Oh, that's it. That's where it was. There's a lot yeah. of sexual tension rolling around that table. I will tell I you that right I now. <laughs> uh, biggest reach in this movie for you. Okay, I have a few. So first I was like, how much does a movie trailer editor make? Okay. Um, and so the... And obviously she owns the agency, but sure. I didn't want to tell you that until I knew you were raised by a strong woman. <laughs> um, but most of them make 150000 That's in 2022 dollars. Okay. That, that doesn't feel like feel, enough to afford that no, house. That does not feel like uh, that house. It doesn't feel like enough to afford that house, but also shop like she shopped when she was in Surrey or whatever. And she yeah. was at that fresh market buying everything. Because some of those cheeses and chocolates, that adds up. That, that adds up a fat, lot. That's why she yeah. thought she was having a party. Mm-hmm. Hot book editor who yep. lives 40 minutes from the city. No. Uh-huh. No. Not when I work What's from wrong home. with that? Not hot book editor. <laughs> Come on. We ain't working from home yet. When Iris says, I've been going to a therapist for three years and she's never explained anything to me that well. <laughs> how dare you? Don't mock therapy. Plus, you're in you're in a bad therapy relate. Not all therapists yeah. are great, you know. Not all hairdressers are great. Not all dentists are great, you know. As podcasters who do a please advise episode, I feel like this is kind of in line with what we do. But actually, there's a part in the script where Cameron Diaz, after she doesn't say "I love you" to Jude Law, she calls her therapist, and you think she's on the phone with her because it's like five minutes script time. Okay, but it's a it's a voicemail, and she just like call me back when you get a chance. My number is blah blah blah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I, no, I, that's pretty good. And yeah. then my last biggest reach is Sophie and Olivia, the little girls, say, we never have grown-ups who are girls here. Where's <laughs> your Aunt Iris? Why does she not come over? Oh, she doesn't count. She doesn't count, right? She's an aunt. Why? Like, no, aunts count. I count. Yeah, I mean, you As count, but not up? in like, they're not asking you what your lip gloss is, right? They want new, bl- they new blood nieces, with new eyeshadow. My nieces are always asking about my skincare and yeah. my lipstick. Sure. that. Sure. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I, okay. Let me, let me speak to the Jude Law as a book editor 40 minutes outside of the city. Okay. I do think this, because uh, there's like journalists as hot and glamorous with Kate Winslet and Jasper. They're super hot, you know? Yeah. Kate Winslet's friend, I can't remember her name, the smoker. She's kind of hot and mysterious. Oh, yeah. She is. She's actually yeah. on Industry season one and two. And she's an interesting character because she sexually harasses everybody on that oh. show. Man Equally. or woman? Yeah, yeah she just okay, like it, like it's it. a whole plot point. They're like, we got to stop this woman. But I think it's almost like with it's the grand unifying theory of hot people. They're like seven footers. It's just if you're seven feet, you have to play basketball. And I'm sorry. It's just how it is. This is how the yeah. world works. Yeah. So if you're Jude Law, you're not editing books. I don't care if your mom's famous at Random House. You're going to be doing hot guy stuff. Okay. Listen, That's just what Aaron, it is. Aaron, I ask her, I ask Aaron, like, what are your thoughts about the holiday? And she was like, well, what I know is Cameron Diaz does not give Adobe premiere face. 
Mm. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> it feels Fair. hurtful, but it's true. <laughs> no, there's no way she understands like how to update uh, and the listen, Adobe. We love book editors. We love video editors. Yeah. But we're podcasters. So we yeah. recognize. Like, yeah, we have we podcast face. Ha- what do you think we're, we're talking? We're, we're experts not, here. We're not live with Knox and Jamie on, <laughs> no. you know, that's obviously, that's Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, Killer Ripa's got that job for a reason. And I don't for Thank a reason. You, you know Thank what I'm you. saying? Um, uh, you mentioned that Edward Burns not having a guest room to sleep on. Uh, maybe you can explain that like it's the cutting room now, but there's got to be another one. But even still, there's active, active Daybeds and chase lounges in that living room that he is not laying on for the couch. I just think it must be a very, very comfortable couch. Catherine Hahn, if I understand the timeline right, Catherine Hahn and John Krasinski, they arrive to work out of the house while Edward Burns is sleeping on the living room couch and they don't interrupt him. They don't interrupt her. There's a big blowout breakup and accusation of cheating. And they're just like, we're just not even here. Like that's and and the only note they needed was to make Christmas font bigger and and they're done with that project. I don't make know. it red, not make it red. <laughs> make it red and make it over James Franco's face because he is definitely problematic. <laughs> I I thought it was weird that Cameron Diaz is like the trailer goddess of Hollywood, but she still has to raw dog Google where to vacation. She's be like sad Google place <laughs> or, or sad vacation place on Google. <laughs> Like no one owes her a favor. She and her like results, find a place. She has to get to the she has to go down the results to find something quality. She yeah. she looks off Bora Bora. Did you see that? She yeah, looks off like, Bora Bora. Uh, I was like, done. I'm not gonna I'm ask for it. But she's right. You don't want to be in Bora Bora alone. Like, yeah, you, you do. That's the hut's over the water, dude. That's the whole point of no, it. No, that's you. That's an introverted five who's like, that sounds magical. Whereas sounds me, like, I'd be like, hey, is anybody over there having sex with their honeymoon? What are y'all doing? You want to have dinner? In, in in this movie, Bora Bora is like where I want to end my life. But also when Ben Affleck in the town is trying to uh, lose the feds and he goes yeah. to like South Florida yes. on the swamplands in like a hut. I'm like, these are great places. I want to live there at some point. Uh, Kate Winslet trying to innovate the Sylvia Plath suicide strategy that was weird that was a weird moment i did not enjoy that no that's That's not in the script either that is not in the script that was a little little strange yeah (laughs) in the moment yeah just she was like i'm feeling it might let me let me try uh (laughs) kate winslet's house during the day it looks like a meth cottage can we agree on that (laughs) that was bad it was really bad look i get they're trying to make his cottage and her cottage sure feel like uh they're inside a snow globe Yes. Like what you think these will look like. And I get that there are people who watch that and because Nancy Myers is very good at making something look very homey. Sure. And but it just felt like insides look great. Shooting that thing at night looks great. Yeah. But the the listing picture, yeah. that's not getting a click through. That looks like no. a meth den. That w- this is a fake place. So it doesn't even have to look like this. I just <laughs> I don't understand. Can we Photoshop this? Um, do you notice Cameron Diaz has a DVD copy of Gili? In her like wall. Of <gasps> no, DVDs. really? Do you, so do you think the implication is that, because she never indicates like she's a fan of movies, right? Like she doesn't bring in movies as like a language or a parlance that she ref, like relates to Jude Law with. My understanding of that is that these must be all the DVDs that she's cut trailers for. Not that she is fan of. Oh, that's a lot of trailers. Right? I mean, they had, Jamie, she did 75 this year alone. That's why she doesn't have time for sex. Remember she told Ed Burns <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. The, do 75 movies? Have trailers every year? <laughs> I don't know. That feels like a know. lot. Yeah. Did did you were you as stunned as I was to find out that Edward Burns' character is meant to be a film composer? I'm sorry, what? A film okay. composer? Okay, listen. Genuinely, I was like, what's his deal? Uh, and I guess I was just distracted radishes, like yeah. was up a little bit. But I because when Jack Black says I work with her ex Ethan, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, what's everybody do? 
Yeah, because it was like, I work with, because you're driving an Audi, bro. So like you work with or like you just like are in the same industry together. But also Edward Burns as a music savant. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not feeling that. I don't understand that. Too hot, guys. Too hot. Did you know it's Jude Law giving editor's notes on manuscripts with a pencil like he's a monk in the 1300s? Like for real? This is 2006. I know you say that, but I know that there are editors who love them a freshly sharpened pencil. They they love a moment where they yeah. can like write on a piece of actual physical paper. Not on so, my projects. The- You're not writing pencils on my projects. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and then last one. Uh, this was the most troubling one. This almost lost the movie for me. But Uh-oh. Mr. Napkinhead endorsing smoking and tobacco use. I just was in front really of the children. In front of the kids. No, in front of Soph. Don't do in that. front of Soph. That sweet little girl. Ridiculous. But you know what? It's Europe. Europe is thirty years behind all true. knowledge of why smoking is bad. Kim Diaz was uh, letting it rage with the wine bottle in the shop, and presumably she drove home, which is also wild on the wrong side of the road. Which... Are you are you pro or con eating food in a grocery store? I, that's not my life. They, see, I love it. I love going ahead and open. This is a new Cheez-It. Let's taste it right now. That's, now, if it's a God. Weight, if it's by weight, you can't do that. No, you can't eat grapes sure. in the store. Of course. But <laughs> I do love opening something and going ahead and having a little snack. I don't judge anybody for it. It makes sense. If it's legal, why not do it? Right. I just, that is a, a messy chaos. I cannot endorse from my life. Okay. That's, That's just fair. all that is, That's but okay. I wish I could. That's okay. Every spring I'm reminded that there's nothing like a fresh start in spring cleaning. This year we're taking things one step further with our spring refresh at the McCoy house. Sure. It's been a lot of work to get here, but we're all so excited to settle into our new space. If you've ever moved before, you know, there's nothing like the first night in a new room and the difference that soft, breathable, all new bedding can make bowl and branches. Signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep and are designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and feel incredible on night one yet they still get softer with every single wash bowl and branch very kindly sent us a code to try out their sheets and i and by i i mean my wife ashley picked the signature hemmed sheet set and cream we both were so impressed that the quality and softness were so good and so nice they were super breathable which i'm also thankful for with summer just around the corner sleep better with the softest most breathable bedding from bowl and branch go to bowlandbranch.com slash podcast for 15 percent off your first sheet set plus free shipping that's bowl and branch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com slash podcast for 15 percent off exclusion supply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Best quote from this movie for you. Listen, I weirdly have two. One is when Jude Law's character says, I have a cow and I sew. How's that for hard to relate to? <laughs> my mom has a cow and sews. So I felt very connected to that. She should call Graham. And then, and then Miles, I do actually like the quote. If you were a melody, I'd use only the good guys. <laughs> I thought good. that was really it's a good line. Verbatim in script. Line. Absolutely yeah, okay. verbatim. What about you? Uh, I have Iris in the movies. We have leading ladies. We have the best friend. You. I can tell, or leading lady. But for some reason, you're behaving like the best friend. Uh, that's from Arthur when they're at dinner. I really like the use of Arthur in this movie. Oh, he's an excellent addition. Old people, babies, and animals in movies. I'm like, ugh, this is a bit of an albatross. He turned, he turned 90 on set. I saw that. He, I mean, he looked 90. He looks yeah. great for 90, but it also did look 90. Yes, but I, it, was, yeah. there, it was, man, in, in the script, 
you want to talk about like, so they have that dinner and then there's like six more pages of Hollywood memories which I'm, I'm sure the studio was like, hey, Nance, loving the script so far, but like no one cares about Louis B. Mayer. So we just got to like, get to the chase here. We got to get to Cameron Diaz and Jude Law, b-b-b-bonin, you know what I'm saying? Um, recast one role in this movie and why. Okay, so because I did not like Cameron Diaz and I think mm-hmm. she could have been replaced, I'm going to give you two options from my perspective that I think are the same age-ish, like okay. they're pretty much the same age and could have played this role. I think one is Rashida Jones. I Ooh. think I love, I lo- because I think she plays like smart doofus still hot yes she has that combo then of course my heart always wants what the heart wants and of course i'm gonna make a plug for jennifer garner i think jennifer garner can be hot but also can be how do i get in this tub you know it's so tiny and i'm so tall and i so i like her because of what she did in 13 going on 30 it feels like it would translate here that's interesting i'm looking up what what Jennifer Garner was up to in 2006 to see if she was otherwise spoken for. She, she was, so she was alias, alias end of alias. Yeah. She's catch and release and the kingdom and Juno. She's crushing it in Juno. I love Juno. God, I love um, Juno. I love the I like, kingdom. I, really I love like, the kingdom. I, the kingdom's good. I, I really like Rashida Jones. I think that's a good call. And I think I she know. would pull that off. And I would, I had not even thought of her until I just looked for actresses in their forties. And I was like, Oh yeah, she's it. That would be so good. You know, and I do, I do understand though, the, um, writing for and casting for the archetypes of cold, dreary British woman and bubbly blonde LA girl, you know? And I feel like they nailed it on those points. But I think in terms of the actual execution of the story, I think you can do better than Cameron Diaz. No, you know, I agree. I think it would have. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Jack Black since I didn't like him uh, the most. Okay. I've got, okay. I've got four. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and eliminate one. I had Steve Carell, but he just, Reads too old. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, uh, so okay. instead, I'm going to give you one of three. Okay. okay. I'm going to give you high end. I'm going to give you middle class. <laughs> and I'm going to give you um, steerage. Okay. Okay. Got it, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm ready. High end. Adam Sandler. Okay. Just think okay. about that. Adam okay. Sandler. Uh, this uh, There's an allusion to an Adam Sandler movie in this movie, Punch Drug Love. It's meant to reference, that storyline is meant to reference the Miles and Kate Winslet uh, storyline. I'm going to give you Owen Wilson. The middle class. Oh, I'm interested. Okay. That's interesting, isn't uh-huh. it? Yes. He yes. can he can kind of do his own thing. If you get him the ball, you know, he can like he can drive to the hoop, he can draw foul, he can hit three, he can do whatever he wants, but he doesn't have to be the whole show. You know, the he can, question he can is, can, can I listen to Owen Wilson's voice? Oh wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know if I can. Okay. Okay, steerage version. All right. Um Simon Pegg. <gasps> yes. See, I really like the Simon Peck. Now he is British, so that's going to be complicated, maybe in the story. But I feel like he can overcome that. But I think you're, I think in this role, you're looking for the kind of nerdy, mischievous, boyish, um, someone who their heart is so big and so pure that they deserve Kate Winslet. You know, and that's what speaks to her. The Jack Black, it just never works for me. But I think you could, you could talk me into any of those three options. Okay, what if I give you? The person who stole Simon Pegg's lunch money. Okay. Which is Martin Freeman. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow that. Okay. I'll but I that. do like Simon Pegg. I think of all those three original, yeah. I would stick with him. Yeah, for sure. Martin Freeman feels like Banana Republic and Simon Pegg is like The Gap, you know? And it's like, both are fine. <laughs> but it's like, what do you need them for? That's well, the question. Who's Old Navy? Since they're all the same. Who's Old Navy in this scenario? Is it Jesse Sean Clemens? William Scott? <laughs> oh, it's, no, it's, it's Sean <laughs> William Scott is, uh, he's like a Walmart, you know? Right. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, do you have fun facts for this movie? 
I do have a f- couple of fun facts. So obviously, Lindsay Lohan and James Franco are in the fake trailer. And she, Nancy Myers, directed Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap. And she said, what I did was I called her up and I said, I think we both agree you owe me. And so I need you to go do this. <laughs> wow, so strong. She, I like it. I know, she did. And then the moment in the movie where Jack Black grazes her boob, mm-hmm. that actually happened. Jack Black uh, grazed the boob of Nancy Myers. Great. And he went, he did the exact same thing in the script. Like, he did the same thing, and he was like, uh-oh, boob graze. <laughs> and Nancy Myers thought that was so funny that she added it in the moment. And then, <laughs> this is my favorite thing. So, Dustin Hoffman obviously appears in the video rental store. Great cameo. And it's a great cameo, because obviously he's op- he's <laughs> getting the graduate. My favorite thing about this was, too, that like, oh, 2006. I was like, did we still have Blockbuster in 2006? That was wild, right? That was wild. Because I did think, oh, my nieces won't know what this is. Like, they won't know. Yeah. Like, they won't know what this is. But he, and, and I read that in this, that was an actual video rental store, and they had removed all of Jack Black and Kate Winslet's <laughs> movies so that they would not show up. But Dustin Hoffman literally was going to Blockbuster for a movie, saw all the light and commotion, came over to see what was going on. He's friends with Nancy Myers, and she was like, you want to be in it? Amazing. I'll, I'll write something real quick. And it was like, and it is. It's the perfect little cameo. Yeah. It's unscripted. Can't go anywhere these and, days. And so. also, <laughs> I just kind of love the idea that Dustin Hoffman doesn't have movies in 2006. And it's yeah. like, I got to go to Blockbuster. So I get. So he I doesn't have Geely like Cameron Diaz has. You know, I he's got to go like, like everybody else does. It's so crazy. So very cute. Very cute. Um. Okay. Let's, uh, let's create the movie. Jamie, what do you give this uh, movie? You know, obviously, I think there's some weak links, and I, I agree with you on the casting of Jack Black. It's not quite there, because Kate Winslet, as much as they were like, if we put her hair half up and half down, she'll seem plain. Yep. Uh, she's not plain. No. She, we've seen her boob. Like, we saw True. her boob. We know what she looks like. She's very, And we will see her boob many more times in her career. Yeah, that's right. Like, she's a hot woman. But with that, and the Cameron Diaz, who I think is a weak link, but again, I think the Jude Law and Glasses and Kate Winslet elevate it so mm. much that it overcomes it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it an 80. An eighty, okay. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a big score. Okay, I I'm stuck somewhere between the fifty and the eighty. You know that you oh, yeah. leveled me sure. with. Um, sure. I feel like that's pretty. That's way too harsh and way too uh, benevolent of a score. I would say. Because oh, let me, can I say this? Yeah. Not to interrupt, but like to, but I'm, I'm I'm interrupting. But to say, like, I think about what you said at the beginning was like, mm-hmm. what was this movie's goal? Uh-huh. And did it execute that? I think that's why I also give it. I don't know that I would normally give it a higher score. Sure. But at the end, I went, you know what? They just Nancy Myers makes movies that just are happy yep. and they have a happy ending, and there's actually very little conflict. Not there's not real conflict. Yeah. And so to me, she did that, and so I think that's why I'm more generous with my score. It's, oh, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. I think um, a lot of the same reasons that you talked about the the. F- the, the the weakness of the Cameron Diaz, the weakness of the Jack Black. I really like the Kate Winslet. I really like the Jude Law. In a lot of ways, I like thinking of this movie as a, a dark companion to Closer with oh, Jude Law, yeah. Natalie Portman, Clive Owen, and Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. So if you, if you want a weird night, want a weird date night, uh, run these oh, back to back and just see what happens. <laughs> good Lord. Go, you're going to get an interesting situation. But um, I, I think you're right. I think there is uh, there's a lightness to this movie. I think whereas the the resolution of the Kate Winslet and um uh Jack Black it feels like you want more for her maybe 
and maybe the Jude Law and the Cameron Diaz, it felt like a, a will they, won't, won't they that we knew they would. So it yes. felt kind of teased out a little bit. Uh, I'm going to land on 68.277777. Oh, okay. Well, that, I yeah. get it. That feels like you put a lot of work into that. Bio. Yeah, put a lot of math into that. So the numbers explain themselves, obviously. But uh, yeah, obviously. I feel I feel good about that. I like I like what this is bringing to the table. Um, okay. Well, that is our deep dive on uh, the holiday. Uh, if you have thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Narshim.com slash 483. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right. What is your red light? Okay, listen. We are in it. We're in the middle of the holiday season. I just think it's just real quick. We've been listening to Christmas music and holiday music for going on what feels like six weeks. So it's time for us to be honest about a couple of bad Christmas songs. Okay. Obviously, Santa Baby, that's a bad song. You guys mm. stop sexualizing a saint. Stop doing that. I don't like how um, Michael Bublé sings it. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Last Christmas by Wham. Here's the thing. Um, don't give your heart away. Like, keep your heart. Share your heart, but don't can, give it can away. Can you rent it or lease your heart? Is that yeah, absolutely? The There's okay. no reason to just yeah. hand somebody, even somebody you love, don't hand them your heart. Sure. Keep it. And this year, and look, I love that Michael George Michael's version is well. This year, to save me from tears, mm-hmm. I'll give it to someone special. No. Okay. No. Well, you thought that person was special. You don't yeah. have good judgment. So yeah. Um, and then of course, the most importantly is the do they know it's Christmas by Band Aid. First of all, the fact that the Brits thought we'll just we'll do we'll also do uh, uh, we are the world, but we'll call it the group Band Aid. <laughs> I don't like that. And then there's a world. These are the lyrics. There's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and fear, where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. Ooh. And then Bono comes in to say, "Well, tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you." <sighs> I just, there's some scientific quibbles I have. There's a lot of water out there. Right. And then it ends with, and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. You know, Africa's a really robust, beautiful place, and they don't have snow (laughs) for it to be amazing. What are you talking about? Um, Also, next week on The Bible Binge, which is our other podcast, I do go on a thorough rant on the song Away in a Manger, Mm. how it's theologically, it's a bastard of a song. Okay. uh, Okay. Look forward to that. that. What's your red light? Uh, my red light is similar. It's about the holidays. You know, I, I just want to say, everybody take a knee. It's Coach Knox here. Okay. And I just, uh, I want to talk to you about honesty at the holidays. Okay. <laughs> For a lot of us out there, the holidays are tough because extended family members that don't even remember your age will ask deeply probing questions about the state of your life. How's your job? Are you dating anyone? Did you gain weight? Did you lose weight? Aren't this, isn't it time to be having kids? You still doing that blog thing? And because <laughs> they're a family, we feel compelled to attest honestly to their queries and give an honest rendering of our lives. But I'm here right now to throw up a stop sign or take time out on that regard because I want to give you permission to lie at the holidays. You're not obligated to tell the truth to people who don't matter in the day-to-day functions of your life. It's just a data exchange. You just happen to be related. You share some DNA. You're exchanging some data until one of you breaks off to eat another King's Hawaiian butter roll. And (laughs) why be vulnerable and subject yourself to your idiot extended relative who thinks Yellowstone's a documentary with Kevin Costner in it, just tell a lie that moves the conversation along so you can hang out with your cool cousin or your cool aunt or your cool uncle that actually invests in your life. Remember, not all lies are equal, but some lies can equal freedom for you this holiday season. just want people to know that. Good advice. I lie at all of my family gatherings. That, people, no I, one I lie that. all the time, man. Yeah. Marla, we yeah. asked Marla one time, we caught her in a lie. And we're like, how much do you lie? And she goes, I lie all the time. And I respected the honesty of that about lies. <laughs> like because the first she's time like, she's been honest. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, look, you're just going to give me a hard time. So if I lie, you're not going to give me a hard time. And everybody's happier. I was like, dang, man, that's a pretty good distillation of why you lie. 
And it's similar at the holidays. Just freaking lie. It doesn't matter. People lie. like our middle daughter's name Sita, and people say, "Is that a family name?" And you want to say, "Like, it's somebody like who hears her name, or I'm not really friendly with, but we casually know." And I'll say, "Yeah, it's a family name. It's not a family name. I just say that because I don't want to explain to you why I named her Sita." I just want to move along and right. I don't want to have to talk about this with you. It's small talk. Who cares? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they don't care. They're just trying matter. to not feel awkward in the social setting. So I don't have to give them the truth and you guys don't have to either. That's right. And if you don't feel comfortable lying, just start singing last Christmas. That's last right. Yeah. Christmas. And make strong eye contact. That'll end <laughs> it real quick. <laughs> Right. Or Santa Baby. Santa Baby might end it quicker, but who knows? Just like try it and let us know. Uh, what's your green light this week? Okay, my green light this week, guys. So obviously in honor of the holiday, we're talking about romance. And I wanted to bring a very beautiful romantic, but not with a Nancy Myers ending. It's the documentary Fire of Love. I got to see this at Sundance earlier this year. It finally has come to streaming. It's on Disney+. Plus. This is a documentary. It was directed, written, and produced by Sarah Dosa. And it's about, it follows the lives and careers of two French vol, volcanolo, volcanologists. Volcanologists? Oh, okay. So volcano scientists. Yeah. Uh, Katja and Maurice Kraft. And it is, first of all, it's it's so well done because you're talking about, they're taking footage from the 70s, the 80s, and they really made it beautifully robust. It's like you get so close to these freaking volcanoes. I love volcanoes. It is nuts. So the work actually, what's beautiful about this documentary is that it talks a lot about like what we did know or didn't know about volcanoes and what the work that the crafts did as a couple, how it revolutionized what we understood about natural disasters and changed how like how the United States handled volcanoes in this country. And it's really so profound about like most of us are like, do I want to learn about volcanoes? I love a documentary where I learn yeah. about something I don't know much about. But this one is couched in this beautiful love story between this couple. And again, not a Nancy Myers ending. No. So just heads up. If so you they get fall that close, into the volcano. That's what I'm I'm just saying. Wow. One, of, one of those volcanoes. And it's on film. Like you see. Bro. Like that grizzly one where the bear eats it and you have to listen to the bear eating the dude or whatever. It's not that disgusting. Yeah. But it's mostly like when the camera gets taken out, that meant anybody in front of the camera also got taken out because oh. the volcanoes went took out the camera. Dang. So anyway, so yeah. it but is, that's a happy, that sounds like a happy story for the most part, you know? <laughs> well, but for some of us, we're like, I do want the beautiful love story. And they died doing what they love. Like, that's truly, right. Truly. Getting uh, immolated by hot molten lava. <laughs> Listen, you, you can't, you can't go into shark science and not expect that you're not going to be bit occasionally. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's what happens. Okay, what's your green light? Mine is a podcast series. Uh, we're going to issue a day pass. I think uh, day pass I, only. I don't know. I think there's going to be eight total episodes. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, this was uh, recommended to me by one of our listeners, Heather Turley. It's called White Hats by Texas Monthly. I'm listening to it on Spotify. I don't. Know, I don't think it's exclusive there, but it's hosted by Jack Herrera, and I have loved it so much. It is a background history story of the Texas Rangers, not the baseball team, the uh, legendary <laughs> Texas law enforcement agency, their their history, their formation, the legends, tall tales, characters, fixtures uh, of theirs. But interestingly, this series takes a look at the darker side of the Texas Rangers, mostly from the perspective of Mexican-Americans and contrasts all the heroism and the legendary stories with harrowing stories of the family members of Mexican-Americans who were murdered or massacred in cold blood. So it is a really um, uh, impressive and interesting approach to an ideology that not a lot of people want to see prosecuted in this way. Yeah. But it's a really honest look. And it comes from, as as you listen, it's someone who has some emotional and uh, familial equity 
in exploring this. Um, so it's a really great look of just a understanding who they are, uh, but uh, b also understanding some of the consequences of empowering a group of really violent, really skillful, violent people uh, in the old olden days uh, to do okay, that. Okay, I need so, to check it out. Yeah, I think people will really uh, enjoy that. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before we go, remember anytime you do any shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase your affiliate link of every item purchased using that link this week was. Jamie, this is just a big bed for big dogs. Listen, this is a cute little, it's a cute little bed. It has 37,000 ratings, 4.6 stars. So it is actually a really great bed. But I did find two specific questions that uh, gave me pause. The first is, so the dog is supposed to lie on the bumpy side? Okay. Or the flat side? Wow. wow. And the person answered and said, it's up to the dog. It, so, uh, it is up to the dog, but that's it, a dumb, dumb question. That's from a dumb, dumb, dumb question. Yeah. And then my fa- second favorite question was, of course, does the dog come with the bed? And someone answered, yes, but there will be two dogs, male and female. I, I like how much Whoa. that answer got into specific. Okay, you guys, don't forget about signing all of our cinema side pieces from 2022 by becoming a best friend of the show on Patreon and joining us for our December AUA on Tuesday, December 13th. Bring your favorite wintry drink, like a hot flash, like a yep, hot flash. that's right. All right, you guys, I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You can find me on the socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.